Thank you, Mercedes. Thanks so much. I'm going to begin by quoting the theme song from the TV show, Cheers. Wonder if you've ever watched it. Making your way in the world today takes everything you've got. Taking a break from all your worries sure would help a lot. Sometimes you wanna go where everybody knows your name and they're always glad you came. You wanna be where you can see our troubles are all the same. You wanna be where everybody knows your name. So I wonder if that rings true for you. Do you wanna be in a place where we share our troubles, recognize our common humanity, a place where everybody knows your name? The TV show Cheers is such a simple structure. It's just set in a bar. Um, I was watching reruns and realized that I'd never taken a close look at the decor. Lots of pictures and signs on the wall, but I had, I had always focused my attention on the people. There was Sam who ran the place who loved people. There was Carla, the spunky curmudgeon, Cliff, the know-it-all, Diane, who would rather be a writer. Such a diverse group, so quirky, and yet they loved each other and made community together. Norm walks in and everybody knows his name. Now it wasn't utopian. Every, every episode presented interpersonal problems that they had to work through, uh, but it was home. Today, we are going to explore four cultures, four ways of being together. Culture number one is doing what feels comfortable for the people who are here. In the TV show Cheers, the door was always open. Anyone could come in, but Sam and the gang set the vibe. They decided what music was playing and they decided what was on the menu. Now, what is on our menu? What makes us feel, com feel so comfortable? Uh, and if you don't feel comfortable here, I'd be glad to talk with you about it. Um, I think that our principles make us feel comfortable. We come to a place where we value everyone's inherent worth and dignity. We aspire to live lives of justice, equity, and compassion, accepting and encouraging each other with room for both our conscience and the democratic process. We humbly see our place in the interdependent web of life. So just fabulous. And I think that our six sources make us feel comfortable. We're not boxed into one tradition, but can find truth in many traditions. We can stretch and investigate and explore and grow and change and be enthusiastically welcomed for doing that. So fabulous and so comforting. And I think that we find comfort in our relationships. We celebrate joys together. We grieve losses together. We bake a difference together. I love when we share memories of the special times that have been shared over the years. So enriching and so comforting. And I believe that we find comfort in our mission. We have a, we have a vision of world community with peace, liberty, and justice for all. And we act on that vision. 
we would not be comfortable if we weren't taking action to make the world a better place. We do take action. It is part of us being in our comfort zone. It is so important to have a place where you are in your comfort zone. As the Cheers theme song says, making your way in the world today takes everything you've got. Sometimes you want to go where everybody knows your name. We need that to restore and reinvigorate ourselves. But there is a shadow side of being comfortable. My parents chose a UU congregation because the people were friendly, but it was a specific kind of friendly. Um, there's a fun song that describes this specific kind of friendly. The song is to the tune of, I am the very model of a modern major, major general. Uh, so the UU version is called, I am the very model of a modern Unitarian. I wonder if you've heard it. It's available on YouTube, several versions. The song presents a caricature of a typecast Unitarian. We went to university. We wear Birkenstocks. And the song Unitarian is rhymed with vegetarian and octogenarian. So if those things ring true for you, the song is a good laugh. But if those things are not true for you, you might want us to let go of those assumptions and not celebrate them. So in fact, not all of us are comfortable here all of the time, and some are more comfortable than others. Even as we try to be inclusive, a culture can develop that works for the majority. Um, some of us don't feel comfortable, but still come, perhaps putting on a comfortable face, perhaps keeping to the edge of the room. As a church, we wonder why there isn't more diversity here. And then we too often just keep doing what feels comfortable. So that's culture number one, doing what feels comfortable for us. I'm not making the case that we are in culture number one. I'm only describing it so that we can see what rings true. And culture number two is doing what feels comfortable for those who could be here, but are not here. Someone new comes through the door and we decide that their needs matter more than anything else. When I think of the yin yang dynamic, culture number one is yang. We take up space in the room doing what feels good for us. And culture number two is yin, releasing the space to others, receiving people as they are, not expecting them to shape themselves to our way of doing things. We talk about being more inclusive, and yet we only get so far. In our bylaws, it says that we support a culture of siblinghood, undivided by race. It says our welcome extends to all races, ethnicities, sexual and gender identities, all socioeconomic circumstances. So why aren't we seeing more results? I think it's because we underestimate how much change we would need to make. Culture number one is only a partial welcome. Culture number one says you're welcome here if you join in the way we do things. Culture number two says you are welcome here. So let's find out who you are and how you like to do things. Switching from culture number one to culture number two is a switch from yang to yin. 
from filling space to making space. It is a complete change of attitude. In our bylaws, it says that we support a siblinghood of all humanity. Culture number two recognizes that it is a long lost siblinghood. We can't assume that we understand these siblings that walk through the door. We can't assume that these siblings do things our way. In culture number two, we say, mi casa es su casa. My house is your house. How would you like the space to be? It can be so hard to relinquish space. It can be hard to meet someone as their authentic self, especially when they are used to adapting to you. Say you learn another language, you travel halfway around the world, go to a small town, and still the people there insist on speaking to you in English. You can't be sure how much you're getting the authentic experience and how much you're getting the tourist experience, the experience designed for you. Now, if that's true when you travel, it's even more so when you're the host. If you're not fully committed to culture number two with every breath you take, it is only natural to default to culture number one. Culture number two is hard. Doing what is comfortable for others means that you won't be comfortable yourself. Unless, unless you become comfortable being immersed in another culture. My favorite card game is called Maui. I wonder if anyone knows it. Maui starts off like crazy eights. And then every time you win a round, you make up a new rule. So the game is about trying to keep track of countless rules that you're not used to. It mimics being in another culture. In the advanced version of Maui, nobody even tells you the rules and you just keep getting penalty cards until you figure out the rules and how not to break them. So I hope that we can play Maui sometime. If you enjoy Maui, you might enjoy culture number two, immersing yourself in someone else's way of life and gradually figuring it out. When you choose culture number two, it's not about you. In Unitarian Universalism, you have an essential role. You are engaged in a free and responsible search for truth and meaning. Your conscience is alert for injustices. In culture number two, your free and responsible search takes on a specific focus, searching out the person who is right in front of you. Who is this person? What are their needs? How do they see the world? When you choose culture number two, you put your focus on someone else. You don't put aside your right to conscience. Rather, your conscience tells you that for this while, you need to see the world from someone else's point of view. So culture number one is when things are comfortable for the people who are here. Culture number two is when things are comfortable for the people who could be here. And culture number three is a balance. So culture number three balances what works for us with what works for those who could be here. And it feels like such a relief to say that, like a balance, both yin and yang, both taking up space and making space.
The TV show Cheers was partly in culture number three. Every episode, new people came through the door, bringing their unique personalities. And when Diane left the show, they made space for Rebecca and her very different way of being. But Cheers was still Cheers. Somehow we need to find a balance. Somehow we need to be a place where we feel at home and a place where those who might come uh, would feel at home. So here are some tips. Tip number one, do your cultural calisthenics. If you usually feel comfortable, practice making space for other people. Regularly put yourself in a context where you are on the margin so that you know how it feels and how you want to be treated. Take a class run by people different from you. Ask people how they're feeling and what they need and change based on what you hear. Become an expert at culture number two so that you have range, so that you have the capacity to choose how you find balance in culture number three. Tip number two is regularly ask people, how did that land? How was that for you? When you're talking with someone from a different culture, you don't know the impact of your words. So ask, or you can ask just in your head, often just making a point of being curious about your impact on the other person um, makes a big difference. So instead of making assumptions, be curious. Tip number three is to change your identity. Instead of seeing yourself as the host setting the tone, see yourself as half the picture and the other person as the other half. When you change your identity in this way, you will naturally make space for the other person. Tip number four is practice paradigm shifts. Practice seeing the world in a completely different way. For example, try picking just one of our principles and seeing the world through only that principle. So just for a day, only care about acceptance of one another. And just for a day, only care about equity and compassion. Just for a day, only care about the interdependent web. And then when you come back to your home paradigm, all of our principles, you'll find that it feels broader. So there is not one right answer. Some days we will need to do self-care and dwell in culture number one. Some days we will feel resources, resourced to dwell in culture number two. And most days there will be a balance, both taking space and making space. Part of our work of interim ministry is to discern what range we want to have. How much do you need this to be a church where you feel at home? And how much do you need this to be a church where others feel at home? Culture number one is when the people here feel comfortable. Culture number two is when those who could be here feel comfortable. Culture number three is a balance. And culture number four I'll bring in is when there is no dominant culture. In culture number four, perhaps we are a community of communities. I feel more at home in one part of the church. You feel more at home in another part of the church. And somehow we all feel connected as one church.
my life has been enriched by being in all four of these cultures. And I hope that yours has too. May we expand our range and our awareness as we consciously choose how to be as a church. <laughs>